So, how's everybody's Friday night? Friday night was cool. Um, went to the motherfucking goddamn show. Oh, yeah, that At joint Patrick's. was hard. Yeah, um, did you hear about that, Bond? You said the Patrick show? Patrick's. <laughs> Patrick, oh. It's a uh, P-E-T-R. Oh, Patrick's, Patrick's Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had uh, the MFGD um, event there. It was a one-night-only joint, basically like a really dope event for, um, to get a taste of the, like, the artists here in Charlotte. You know, like, it was like, bro, we're going to talk about that. I, got to, I told you I got some shit for you, and you got to know what's happening in the streets, Vaughn. And you already know what's happening in the streets, but this part of the streets, it's crazy. It's crazy. So... Um, Marcus, go ahead and tell Vaughn a little bit because you was there much earlier than I was. So yeah. tell him about what you were seeing. Um, free event before eight. Um, got there, you know, people out there mic checking all that type of stuff. You kind of get to see who's really about to perform, like what type of mode they're in. Um, I like that type of energy um, just because I like seeing it. Um, after that, people started filing in. They started up a, like people came up to. It was almost like Apollo in a way. Um, people would come up to um, record or not record, but perform their verse, um, a hook, and then they would have like you know like one of the hand raised kind of shout out how much you support this person type thing. They got enough support. They would do a second song. Everybody basically got support. Nobody really got. Yeah, nobody got told the no. They couldn't do a second yeah. song. <laughs> I was honestly like, I was like, I was like hoping to see like, okay, is the audience gonna be like forgiving and say, you know, nah. I mean, first one was cool, but I give them a second shot, or if they was gonna be like, man, nah, fuck that. I, I don't, nah, not another one. Like I was, I was hoping to see some, you know, brutal honesty because that's what this business is. Um, but honestly, I'm not mad that people, you know, didn't say, nah, we don't want to hear that shit again because. It was a lot of dope talent in there. I just think that there's a couple of artists in the open mic joint that could definitely brush up on their stage presence. Yeah. And I get it. As an artist, that is the first thing to really um, conquer. Like, you know, I, I used to be the dude who'd get up on a stage and kind of freeze up, stand there, didn't really know how to engage people. But um, through time and through experience, you learn how to, one, welcome in your fan, like welcome in the audience because you never know when you, what your next... 10 fans would look like unless you welcome the audience to the stage with you to feel that energy and that presence. But once you get them there, you got to continue entertaining them. You you know, I ain't saying you got to be up in their face yelling at them and shit, but you got to be able to still engage and interact with the people that are vibing with you heavy. And that's the thing about a stage presence. Not only are you great, but you got to witness the people in your audience being great with you so you can feed off that energy. Yeah. So that, that was my take on the open mic joints, but... I do got to give a shout out to this one artist that I did see in the open mic. Um, I was chopping it up with him last night and we were just, you know, talking some real shit and I got to find his ground. But one other thing I want to say about that, uh, that show is like, it's hard to draw in an audience when most of the audience is other artists. Um, and I know with rappers, it's a competitive type of thing too. Sure. So everybody thinks that they're better than the other. I don't know if anybody necessarily, well, a few people separate themselves, but I couldn't tell you exactly who, because they didn't separate themselves that much. Oh, for sure. Um, oh, yeah, the artist I was talking about is Royal City Leaf. Um, that's Royal, then City, and then Leaf spelled L-I-F. Yo, he was hard, bro. Avon, you would... Bruh, I'm going to play some of this shit afterwards, but he was hard, bro. I, talk, I, talk, I was like, why isn't this nigga, like, in the show show? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he was tough. Uh, apparently, he's from New York. 
Um, and he bounces back. You know, he's, I think he's telling me he was from the Bronx. But uh, right. homie got homie got a dope like talent. Yeah, he's dope, dude. You you know you you from New York, so you you yeah. know that vibe. Um, but it wasn't like the New York rapidy rapidy shit. Mm. It was like I could tell he could rap, but it was over like how can I how can I say his instrumentation choice was? It's kind of like that OVO mixed with um mixed with a little comic Kanye. Where yeah, it Where? got that kind of bop to it. You know, like that dark presence. Um, a lot of minor keys, um, but it's got that doom, 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 doom. Like that's how you you'll bop with his shit. Like you know what I mean. Right. So I fuck with that. Another dude, um, I want to say his name is Callis. He came up there. Um, he definitely got that that East Coast, Northeast Coast sound right now. You talking about homie that sound like Andre? Mm, no, I'm talking about a homie that was rapping over like. No drum type beats, like oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him. He did hard. Yeah, that dude was nice. Mm. Damn, yo, Vaughn, we basically me and this nigga Marcus had an outer body experience at at the, <laughs> at the show, bro. Fam, hold on, let me go back to her performance, bro. Oh. It was <laughs> um, Kayla, bro. This, uh, this artist name go by the name of Kayla, and I followed her on Instagram too. And if and if I'm fucking it up. I want to call her by her artist name. Um, Out of body experience, fam. You don't even know Vaughn. Yeah, you don't even know. It was a, it was a crazy vibe in there. Yeah, yeah. Her name is Kayla. Yeah, um, bro, dope poet. Shorty got up there and outroed it with like some. It was literally like on some Kanye shit. Like she had to like um. Little recorder joint where you know you tap your foot and you gather all the sounds. I mean, if I don't know the technical term it's for like it, a live looper. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. She had a looper. And bro, she was like, mm, ha, mm, ha, ha. like, bro, it was crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, she starts spitting over that joint. I said, oh, if this nigga Kanye got his hands on this, I was like, nigga, it'd be crazy. Yeah, she was dope. Yeah. Um, she opened it up for like basically like the showcase part. Of of that event, it was it was literally like witnessing three different things happen in one establishment, and the way it was all sequenced together, I thought was pretty dope too. Um, yeah, definitely. And they and I spoke with the host. Um, she was basically telling me that they're gonna try to do this again next month. So could be something that we all go to spectate. You could see some of this crazy talent in Charlotte, hmm. um, and that was bumping a few of the uh, artists artists um, this morning. Like um, it's uh, it's pumpkin, bitch. Like yo, she's hard, bro. Pumpkin. <sighs> her name is it's pumpkin. It's pumpkin. It's pumpkin, bitch. Like oh, that's her. All of it. Fam, yo, I normally I don't even like the trap shit, mm. but her trap shit was hard. And she <laughs> no, yo, who was who was old girl that was bodying? Who said um, niggas don't even got a bumper on their car? <laughs> yo. <laughs> Damn, I wish I remember. I need a list of the names. Bruh. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, King Ashley. That's another artist you got to check out, bro. Super dope. Super talented. Like, straight up bodied her set. I mean, she was serving bars. She got this record called Bitch Nigga. I got to play you that. <laughs> that joint was... That's the one she said. Uh, how you going to try to get in the car, but you don't even got a bumper, nigga? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, she's like, how you going to climb on my car when you don't even got a bumper, nigga? Wow. I said, that's crazy. <sighs> that show was crazy. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, Vaughn, you got to come next time. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, nah, we pulling up. It, matter of fact, why, why, why are we talking about what we could do next month when we could go to some stuff um, next week? Hmm. Yeah, because there's, there's that, oh, there's that um, showcase event happening August 9th that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's another joint happening on August 10th. And I think there's a joint on August 8th. So we right. kind of like line that up and try to, you know, go see what's shaking out there. Yeah. Pull up. Yeah. But, Vaughn, uh, what you got into this weekend, bro? Just listen to all the music that came out, trying to digest it. Who dropped? Uh, we had that, the YBN Corday drop. We had mm-hmm. the, the Chance drop. We had, uh, we had we had a couple singles come out. Yeah. Uh, Big Day is not a zero to light one. <laughs> What's, how is the Big Day album? Because I haven't given myself a chance to listen to it yet. It's... It's not bad. It's not, not bad. Like, yeah, it's not, but it's not. It's not the chance everybody it's not, likes. It's not a debut album like he wants to call it. I don't, I don't see it. I don't think he should see it as that either. Mm. I mean, I guess, I guess he did get a, to do a lot of things that I haven't heard him do on other albums, like incorporate his brother and his family in it. And I guess telling his kind of story, but it's not the songs that I think that his fan base normally uh, gets attracted to. Mm. Okay, I mean I've heard mixed reviews from it. Um, I haven't given myself a chance to listen to it yet because, like you, I was going back and digesting a lot of the music that dropped the last weekend because it was a big music weekend last weekend. Um, and then plus I know there were some indie drops. I mean I, I do like to go and support the independent artists. That's mainly who I listen to most of the times anyway. Oh yeah. But you got to consume the mainstream music too because you got to see what's popping. So. Uh, but I am a huge, I am now officially a fan of Why Me and Corday. That album won me. The Lost Boy album won, won me for sure. Mm-hmm. So I think it won a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. He's crazy. I checked out his um his freshman, his double XL freshman um cypher freestyle, bro. Yo, why is he up there with Blueface? Yep, YBM Corday almost didn't make the XSL magazine cover. Really? Yeah. Blueface was definitely on it. Yeah. Why didn't he almost make it? Buzz, yeah, I don't know. it wasn't enough. He's yeah. with one of the hottest young groups out in Texas right now. How is he not buzzing? Oh, he is now. Um, <laughs> How oh, was he, he not buzzing before? Oh, he is now because yeah. that what he dropped. I don't think anyone was really expecting that out of him. Mm, okay, I think he's what a lot of people wanted Joey Badass to be. Hmm. What did they want Joey to be? Shout out I, to Maryland, too. I, I love Joey, he, he was in Carolinas. Who, Joey? Nah, nah. Uh, YBN. Yeah. Where was he at? He was born in uh, Raleigh. Stop lying. Yeah, raising. He was here for a little bit. Then he went to, uh, what you call it, Maryland. Hmm. Mm. Talent. Then how the hell he got to Houston and got around Jay Prince? Hey, man. Uh, they played the game together, bro. All mm. them YBN niggas. Facts. You know what's funny is while I was actually living in Houston, I was listening. Crazy. I was hearing, <laughs> I was hearing like you know people was telling me and educating me on how um, the record label Mob Ties, you know, in Houston was starting like a kind of like a Mob Ties like junior type of thing, where they were looking to recruit the young talent in Houston, you know, get more in tune with you know these young cats, how they move, still polishing them up, and you know bringing more younger execs, more younger people to manage and handle them, because you know at the end of the day we gonna listen to people that we can relate to. Yeah, so I thought that was dope, and I think they were kind of like a part of that. I think they're kind of a part of that label. I don't know. I don't know. If I'm, I gotta fact check that later, but 
Yeah, I know they've been around Jay Prince for quite some time, and he endorses them fully, mm. right. which is a great endorsement to have. Because mm-hmm. if you got Jay Prince endorsing you, nigga, you you going to the top, mm. one way or another. You definitely got some pull in the industry. Yeah, easy. <laughs> I don't want to talk about his pull in the industry. Oh. Um, we're we're not going to talk. Love what Jay Prince does. Um, but yeah, so basically, I want to introduce this podcast now. Um, welcome everyone to the Socially Capable Podcast. Uh, really glad to have you guys here on episode two. Um, welcome all creatives, all entrepreneurs. Welcome all small business owners. Welcome to those of them who just you know grinding, trying to get their shit off the ground like we are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, welcome to everybody, man. Just showing love. It's a beautiful day. It's been a, a great weekend so far. So really excited to be up here talking to you guys. Um, very talented and educated brothers. Same. Yeah. Ditto. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So let's get into the shit, man. Damn. Damn. I've been dying to have a conversation with you guys. Because, <laughs> um, good nah, because when we was in the chat, you know, we was talking, we was looking at, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I want to have these conversations. Um, so where, where should we start at? Look, okay, so how about this? Do a podcast now. Mm-hmm. Starting to spread around the company a little bit. Mm. Are there, feel about there are whispers in the office space. What? <laughs> There's whispers in the office space about our pod. Oh, man. Really? I'm worried about. Churn going to be low for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> How about I'll say it like this. What is y'all's kind of ideas on um, mixing businesses? Can you elaborate a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you guys, are you guys pretty open about your, um, personal, not personal business? See, I'm trying to figure out a way to say it without like lowering the status of it, but your outside business versus, um, your corporate business. What's going on with your mic? What you mean? Oh, so incorporating like that. Nine yeah. Five. Is it you talking straight in? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't hear you. Anyways, go ahead. No, I'm saying incorporating your outside work with your nine to five. Um, I think that that's what this that's what this platform is for. It's one is to introduce to people that are in your space exactly what it is that you do and show people. Yeah, just because I work nine to five does not mean I'm gonna take the time to go home or to go to a happy hour and just do that for the next. 5, 10, 15, 20 years, however long you fucking do that. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. I think that, see, the beautiful thing about America or the beautiful thing about the world today because we're in a digital space, you know, a lot of people talk the talk of taking advantage of, you know, how accessible the world is to you just at the grasp bite of your phone, right? Mm -hmm. But why aren't we really applying that, you know, way of thinking? Like I could be sitting in, I know, I know some people that I've worked with in retail. I know some people that I've worked with today. Currently, I know some people I've worked with in the past who all have had a side hustle of some sort. Right. And they're, they made that into a business, bro. Some to the point where they could leave working their part-time and their full-time job and some who's still working it because they're still working out the kinks and that's okay. At the end of the day, you still got some shit going on. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great to kind of be an example of that in your work environment. Yeah, it's dope. Mm-hmm. Now, 
am I out here trying to have shit solicited and then somebody come up to us and be like, yo, like I heard whispers of, no, I'm not trying to have that, but I don't think it will come to that because then like we out the way like, yo, got this dope pod happening. Like you should definitely tune in. Email like, blast. Yeah, ain't like we blasting it all over to the floor. It's just like, no, there are people that we fuck with at work that fuck with us outside of work. Mm-hmm. This is as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bon? I think when you don't know who, what connections people have. Mm-hmm. I think everyone is very, there's a couple degrees separation from from whatever you're looking to do. They probably know someone in that industry or know someone that can do some things uh, for you. So if you're always sheltering your work mm-hmm. from from what you're doing a nine to five, I, I can I can give an experience like Best Buy. Like there, you wouldn't think that if you're if you're doing music that you're gonna meet someone that works in Best Buy corporate or works in Best Buy as a general manager that will have some something for you that will actually contribute to what you want to do, like mm. your second career. But if you talk to that person, you might find out that they actually have a sister or they have a brother because people have family, they have connections yeah. that that works with. Uh, these artists that you look up to. This is this is a real example like that. That is like, oh wow, and the, like yes, this 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 is my brother that used to work at this magazine that now is the editor here. And you wouldn't have known that if you didn't share of what your passion was. Very so true. so just being able to talk to people is going is going to get you a lot farther than what you are. Now sure. I don't think you should give up your whole life. I don't think like you should be like, hey, this is what happened to me when I was seven. And I, yeah. and I wanted everybody to know this, and that that's oversharing, and I think people can manipulate your your energy that For way. Sure. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're you're giving whatever you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. do that. Just just, and even go a little bit farther than what you're comfortable with. Just a little bit, yeah. Because that's how you're gonna make money. Just, I, I think that's something that um, for me, it's like coming from making music and stuff. You you have those kind of questions of like, you know, who am I sharing this with, like. Who is like? Am I limiting my audience by not sharing it with everybody? Um, and seeing that, like, with this, with this type of platform, um, it's kind of a, I'm, I'm changing the way that I look at everything now. Like, in terms of that, it's more so like, okay, if it's getting shared, then that's, what else would I actually want besides that? Besides it getting shared, and besides it becoming something that people, like or want or desire and you know, looking for, are looking for. For sure. Um, so mixing the two, um, I would say to other creators, like, share your work. Share your work. Find um, people that are like you, people that aren't like you. Because like Vaughn said, they have family. For sure. Oh, for um, sure. We're all connected in a, a certain kind of way. I think that's something that I'm coming to recently, um, seeing that a lot more in my everyday and trying to implement that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I agree with both of y'all's points. And and I think the biggest takeaway from this this instant situation would be, like you said, Marcus, just share it. Just share it around. Um, but don't but don't solicit it. I I, I think soliciting um, is a poor way to to get somebody reeled in. I think there's a there's a um, more attractive or more better approach, you know, to to getting someone to buy into what you're doing. So, yeah, but glad to hear that people are whispering. Um, 
it means we out here. Mm. So it's good. We're, it's getting out there. Um, and that's what we want to see. We want to see people talking about it. And what a better way than to impact, you know, the area that you go to every day, Monday through Friday. Mm. Got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, next, next thing I did want to discuss with you guys, just taking a look at this. Um, I was at... So Wednesday night, I went out. Um, I went out a little bit more than I typically do on a week-to-week basis. And you think I would sit my ass home, is especially with me getting close to having this baby. But my wife is okay with me heading out and networking. Um, I was out with my man's Wednesday night. Went to this spot um, called uh, the Recess at the Social or Social at Recess. You ever been there? Yeah, yeah. It's a dope yeah. venue. Yeah. Um, and oh my, I got a story to tell y'all. Y'all ever y'all ever went somewhere with your man's and your man's runs into somebody that he knows actually works at the spot? Okay. And told you don't worry about the bill cuz he knows the person? Yes. And what's happened in that instance? Somebody ends up disappearing. Either them or oh, shit. the other. <laughs> I wasn't looking for that type of response, but I guess you can't fuck with people's money. Vaughn, yeah. you been in that shit before? No, nah, I haven't been. I haven't been uh, blessed like that. Well, let me tell you what that looks like. Okay, so I'm there with my man's half off drinks and half off crab legs. I do not eat crab legs, or only eat seafood I eat is fish. So, but I'm definitely bought in on the drinks and I'm ordering like Stella's and, and Guinness, you know what I mean? Pretty expensive beers, you know, more of the top shelf quality. Um, but dog, they were only, I had like five of them and they were only like 12 bucks. Solid. Great mm-hmm. night. But I ordered some food from this other waitress, paid my tab at the bar, ordered food from the other waitress and that's who my man's knew. So he, I was I get ready to try to just wrap shit up because it's getting a little late and I'm like, all right, it's time to go home. And I said, um, excuse me. And he was like, he was like, bro, don't don't even worry about it. I said, what? I was like, don't don't even worry about it. I know her. So I said, oh man, I, I we leave. So we we dip. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we dip. I don't know, man. <laughs> Yo, so we dip, right? I don't know, man. We dip and fucking. I get a text the next day from this dude telling my son, yo, bro, she hit me with the, we owe $60 for the bill. I was like, what do you mean we owe $60? I was like, if anything, I owe $18. You dying and dashed, dog. Bro, <laughs> no, nah, that's, that's not how I was trying to see it. As soon as you said it was the waitress instead of the owner, I was like, whoa. Wait, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You can't be making them executive decisions. No, 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 no. He told me that he knew the waitress. And, and, and I was like, all right. So he's like, yeah, man, she always looks out whenever whenever I'm, I'm showing up to the spot so I'm, I'm i'm like i'm with my mans i'm gonna trust him i've known him for a few years i'm gonna trust my guy right but no never again will i trust my guy <laughs> when he tells me he knows the chick that's serving us and says that it's okay to leave yeah. on the tab like bro i was uh, when he hit me with that i was sick the next day. i was like fuck i was like now nah, i gotta come up and he wanted me to go half. And I was like, I didn't I was like, realistically, I should really only go 20%. But <laughs> like realistically. But fuck it. You know, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, never do that. If any of you have experienced that, or if you got a friend that tells you that they know the person, they say walk out, don't do that shit. Um, but where I was getting to at that point 
is when I was in this venue and Vaughn, you've been there, I was looking at, yo, that's a great spot to try to like do some networking at. Like that was instantly what I thought about because like one, the scenery is really dope. It's kind of, it's, it's like, um, it's a little intimate, which is what I like. I like little scenery. I like venues like that. It's intimate, but a lot of people show up. Um, and I was just thinking like, as, as somebody who has a brand, I, I said, yo, can I talk to an owner? Like, can I talk to, I asked, requested to talk to the owner to holler at him about, you know, some upcoming opportunities. And that's the thing is like, you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to walk up to somebody and say, hey, man, this is what I'm doing. This is where I see it going. Would love to try to set up some business with you because you could put that shit together. And I'm not going to spill what I'm working on, but you could, for example, you could go ahead and set up a, a, a little pop up joint, you know, bring about like 10 pieces. And while they having a nine, while they having a happy hour from five to seven or five to nine, you can get in there for like at least two and a half hours while it's getting good. And so that way you can talk to as many people because you got to get your, you know, you got to get your numbers out the way. You got to go ahead and talk to people and get them nose out the way or not interested out the way. But you could land at least five or six clients. If I bring 10 pieces and I land six sales out of those 10 pieces, bro, that's a great night. And that's the thing about pop ups. You don't never bring a massive quantity. You only bring a limited supply, so that way people don't think that, you know, you 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 don't have a, that you have a product that nobody wants to buy. Right. But that's what I was thinking, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about, like, how what what's your mindset when you walk into venues and you know you have a you you do music, Marcus, yeah. and you are a businessman. You know you you have artists that you know could potentially need a venue to get on. So what is y'all's mindset walking in that we could share to the listenership? For me, the big thing is creating some type of safe, like one-on-one -on -one experience. Um, I'm not so fond of like talking in large groups just because it's hard to hear, like things get miscommunicated and stuff. But like, if we can create some type of one-on-one -on -one conversation, mm -hmm. um, I'll get to like you. You'll get to like me. Like, we'll just we'll just have a conversation about things. I I know about things, so it's it's not too hard to, you know, just know the language of the other person in a way that kind of connects with them. What do you do um, if they don't like you? Um, if they don't like me, I mean, move on. Like, you can kind of tell pretty early if it's going to work or not, um, just based off of energy. For sure. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty good scouter in that type of way, but, yeah. like, you will know pretty early. Um, but after that point, um, just having a conversation, that's all it becomes, just have a conversation and be honest about whatever I'm doing at that time. Um, for me, it'll usually be, you know, either producing, mixing and mastering, or making some music. Um, how about you, Vaughn? I like to observe, talk to them after I've observed them. Uh, especially if I'm, I may not approach an owner or someone that, that is in charge or general manager of, of a venue, unless I've been to that venue at least a couple, a few times. So I know exactly the crowd that that's, that's coming in. I know kind of what the, the nights that they do and they plan on their own. So I know exactly what I can bring to them. Um, and then I try to have that when that, I'm talking to them and I have that conversation, I'm not really telling them what I could do for them or, or what what I think they need. I'm, I'm genuinely asking them, what do you need? Like what what, would you need someone on the outside to provide you? Uh, and what crowd are you looking for that you're not already bringing in? Okay, this artist here can do this um, for you. 
um, they have already done this here, and this is the proof of that. Like, um, it's just it's just being being able to to talk to someone like honestly, um, and try to get what they need. And if you can service what they need, then you're good. Like, it's mm. really you don't. If you're just throwing out all the things that you do, and I, I do this, that, and the third, and I I can I can get you someone that 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 raps all of these. Okay, but this is a singing. This that I don't. I only do R and B here. Like. Mm -hmm. Like shout out to Stats Restaurant, like that right there, like that place is is crazy for talent. They're giving away money all like every week. Wait, like, did, you, did you just drop a gem? What, what's Stats, bro? Stats is R and B only. Um, oh, I love those R and B words. only restaurant, black owned. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. the food like there? Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Great food. Great drinks. What, what, we, talk, what we talking? What we talking? Live band. Live band is performing with the open mic, like where I'm like you controlling the band they know they can play anything that you ask them to play you're controlling the band they're controlling the band <laughs> so like what do you mean you're controlling the band like do you got if like you, a headset have, on and you no, just controlling their minds if you have that if you have that 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 stage presence let's go back to what you was talking about yeah. earlier is, um you you know that you need to work with them because they can end up i've seen people perform it's an open mic type of environment where you can sign up oh for sure um but i've seen people perform and and the band is kind of overpowering them because they're they're doing their thing and they're good at it and they know they know each other and exactly. this is an open mic person so they don't really know the band and they're not really trying to interact with them and they're just going and singing their own thing but when when you're on the stage with other people that's their entire act you need to be able to interact with everybody and interact with those instruments mm. the way you need to that's a good point that you made honestly the thing is, as an artist, and I've seen this in those like live band, you know, um, settings where they have the open mic, or even I've seen a showcase. As a matter of fact, I've been in a showcase, a couple of them back in Orlando, where the live band would play your sets. So we go, over, and, and the thing that's crazy, bro, is like you said, the the band knows each other, and you can even peep that vibe already when you go to you know do um, sound check. When you go to do rehearsal, because you got to rehearse with the band. Now, an open mic setting is kind of it's on the fly. It's just on the fly. But like you said, those people know each other. The way that you can stand out to them is going up to them is like, "Yo, here's what we here's what I'm trying to do." The moment the the keyboard player or the drummer or the or the guitar guy knows what you're doing, they and they understand. They know that you understand their language. You got yourself your own band for however many minutes right then and there. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like you, because the band, yeah, they going to jam. But to be honest with you, the band is the support. They need a leader. They need somebody to orchestrate them. And that's as an artist, especially in R&B, you got to be able to have that control going back to your point. Mm -hmm. But that's dope. I didn't know I didn't know there was a place that does that here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to check out stats. And you said the food's popping. So oh, yeah. I'm going to definitely go. Well, back to what we were talking about. When y'all, um, like, go to, like, network or something like that do y'all go to see a specific person or do y'all just kind of work the whole room i try to work the whole room for sure mm -hmm. i try to work the whole room okay. um <coughs> i don't think just because it goes i don't think you don't know like you don't know who anyone knows or who people really are because if behind the scene in the music industry it's hard to tell like um, who these people are sometimes. Like, mm. like when I went to that networking event a couple months ago, I told you about. Yeah. Uh, are they doing that again? Yeah, they do it every month. Um, they they should have one this month too. Oh great! I'm yeah. going. I'm going. Um, so, 
when I went there, the, the person that was over the entire event, real low just he's sitting in the back telling people how to actually network. Um, certain people go up and talk to him. I don't think the room really knew what this guy did. He works at Def Jam, and he was in charge of uh, digital marketing for uh, uh, Dan Lea. I don't know how to actually say Dan, it. Danny Lay? Danny Lay, oh, there she's it is. Fi- Wait, he does her marketing? He does her digital marketing. So she's fired. He was in charge of her whole project, um, the last joint that she did. Yeah, the, and the, like, plan. The, yeah the plan. The plan, yeah. Yep. yeah I, I like her music. Yep, and he, uh, he did all of that, and it's like, if you, you wouldn't know that if he's not going to like, hey, that's what I'm doing. No, I'm what I'm doing here, this is what I'm doing. You're not going to mm-hmm. talk about your past um, and, and what, what, you're, what you're actively doing in other spaces if you're, if you're, if you're figuring out whatever you're doing on your own. Like mm-hmm. this, is, this is his baby, you know, like this, this entire um, event space and, and bringing creators together in different cities. That's that's what he's that's what he's about right now. So that's he was able to take a step back and let other people uh, network in that space. Yeah, and didn't come up as like here. This is what I know here in my panel. So I think talking to everybody is so super important. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it it is. Um, And like Vaughn said, I'm I'm the guy like who walks around. I'm gonna talk to anybody. Honestly, before I even start talking to anybody, I listen to everybody. I am a huge Mm -hmm. um, ear hustler. Um, no matter where I'm at, whether it's the workspace, whether it's, you know, with friends, whatever, I'm a huge ear hustler. Um, because that itself gives you gives you a way to kind of like talk to people a little bit to their level. You know what I mean? If the more you listen to how someone engages with other people, you can kind of feed off of their energy in that way. Because um, I learned this quite I learned this back in journalism class. Whenever you go to any event, the first and my instructor point is out. What's the first thing people want to do whenever you meet them? Hey, how you doing? No, they want to talk about themselves. Yeah, true. So the person, the, the way that you can be in control is asking as many questions as possible because that person is dying to talk about themselves. That's the thing when you go and network. Um, and that's how I typically network. So I, th- I, think, I definitely think somebody could take something from that. And um, instead of you just going up there, like you said, Vaughn, going back to your earlier point, Spilling, ex- oh, I do this, I do that, and you know, it's it's, it's not a competition of who does what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to know what you do so that way I can figure out a way how we could work together. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. So yeah, try that. Um, any other last comments about that topic? Um, no, not really. Keep networking. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, keep networking. Um, that brings that brings us to our next. That brings us to our next topic. Um, and this is something that I think we are all working with now. Even our listenership is working on this right now. You know, creating your own operation on a budget. Um, I, I was thinking about this, and, and I think it's something that's really, really important to understand that, yes, it takes money to build, a, you know, build an empire. But to be honest with you, it just takes you to build an empire. The money is just kind of like uh, an accessory to who you are. Um, so I want to talk to you guys a little bit about that moving um, in this in this um, episode. Sorry, having a hard time talking. It's early. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So what do y'all think about that? What is what is y'all's process um, on building? You know, people around you, and and how do you do that on a budget? I'm more of a generally 
do it all on my own type of thing. Okay. Um, use tools outside of that. So whether it be some type of um, figuring out how much money I'm going to spend on marketing as a total and then break that down, you know, Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. um, some type of social media marketing tool, or subscription or something like that. Mm. Um, and then, you know, break down the time budget, um, how much I value my time, how much I could be making money, like with this time and what it's going to stand for, I guess. Um, those are the two big things that I go for time and marketing. Um, all the other things such as, so my example would be making an album or something or making a multimedia project. Okay. Um, free tools, there's free tools everywhere. Um, for recording, there's free tools for... What's some of those tools um, for the people Reaper. that don't know? Reaper is a big one. Um, Audacity, you can easily record in there. Those are the two big ones. Um, I, I personally use Reaper, which has a free... It's free um, after a 30-day like full trial. Um, you just get a reminder every time, but you can still use it to record. That's um, what's another one that I use? Um, DaVinci Resolve. Um, for video editing, um, another free tool that's used in commercial products. DaVinci Resolve. Mm -hmm. I've um, never heard of that one. Basically, as good as Premiere or uh, Final Cut, um, just another video like digital workstation. Why the fuck am I paying for Adobe? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I'm paying for Adobe, too. Well, I'm right paying for Adobe. <laughs> it's all this free Photoshop shit. Is, that creative Photoshop cloud is suite. Hard, oh, my yeah. gosh. That creative cloud is a lifesaver, boy. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, what do y'all usually spend your, your most money on? Or what do you put your, your most focus on on your budget? I think when, when you, you're planning out anything you just need to know what you're gonna have what you're gonna need in general because you don't want to you know you don't want to put money into um a lot of things up front and then you're not gaining anything and then you're running into oh oh damn i didn't think about this that i have to pay for now and now i have to pay for this and now you're stretching yourself because you budgeted for something that wasn't realistic so mm -hmm. as long as you're being realistic with yourself and that's what i try to do um a lot uh when it comes to because i have to I'm not just thinking about my own budget yeah. at this point. And, and as a personal manager, I have to act as a business manager as well to a lot of artists. Um, so when it comes to budgeting, I have to think about their budget and I have to think about what they can do for project specific things, just like you said, um, and what really needs to be done for a certain project. And if this project is something that needs to, to have this much money put into Instagram ads if if really we can just use um, our own type of marketing on Facebook instead, or we can use our own type of marketing on, on, on Twitter, and we're gonna put that focus on on Twitter and, and really doing guerrilla marketing. Anytime someone mentions, mentions your song or mentions uh, a keyword, they may not be talking about your song, but it has the title of your song in it. Mm. We're underneath and we're talking to you. Mm. Um, just just having some some sort of some sort of plan on how I'm going to use as much free things as possible mm -hmm. is what I'm what I'm doing. I, I I I'm a big guy with when it comes to searching on Instagram and you know you get those ads on yeah. those apps. If you've if you've really um if you really pay attention to some of those ads, they're really helpful. Like 
I have downloaded multiple um, video apps that I have on my phone that I can go ahead and throw and make 10, 15 different videos that are promotional videos out of one like music video. Like it's mm. like, I can, I, <laughs> there's so That's many things fire. you can do with, with, with these apps that maybe, yeah, you put 4.99 in or you put yeah. you put 199 into these apps and, and you have the, the ability to make a commercial. Mm-hmm. So some certain things you gotta figure out how, what is what is the, I don't wanna say the cheap way, but the, more, the most economical way to get what you want right now because there is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. For sure. There is a way to do it. Um, so how do you avoid things getting outside of your budget, like scope creep, I guess? Like what would you, what would you do to make sure that that doesn't happen? I think that goes back to the planning. Yeah. Um, I think that the way to do this is, and, and how I typically go about it, so, when it comes to like music, I mean, right now for me, music is on the back burner, but I still have to strategize how I would market or how I would, you know, pay for studio time. And it's just like looking at, you know, myself and saying, okay, one one day a month, or if, if it's a really great paycheck, two days a month, I can go out of my way to pay for studio time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can go and record two records. I mean, that's 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 just how I do that. And then for clothing, all right, how many pieces do I need to invest in um, and I need to have out by a certain day or time? I mean, I got to I got to I got to put that money together and buy and I got to buy in bulk. So let's say if I need to move 30 units, right? I could take my time and move 30 units, but I can go ahead and just purchase that right away and that'll cost me at least about $400. You know what I mean? Like it's just being able to think about okay, what's what's like like Vaughn was saying planning it out. And just even from a marketing standpoint, okay, how do I need to promote this? Using hashtags is the best way to get your shit put on. Like, I've gotten mad followers and a lot of people to pay attention to my profile because of hashtags, bro. And another thing, too, if you tag these other brands, like, if you tag other, like, clothing brands or or more so, like, other fashion hubs, like, without, like I do a lot, you can, people will gravitate to what you're doing because there's some way in the algorithms of Instagram that it, that it shows up on people's explore pages. Just because you like, because the thing is, it's tailored to finding other people that like exactly what you like. Mm-hmm. So since Instagram, if it knows what I like and Facebook knows what I like, they put people on the explore page that likes exactly what I like. So I have to continue to funnel through who my niche is. You know what I mean? Even with the music, like if I know somebody is a huge fan of OBO and I know I make kind of OBO vibe music, I'm using the hashtag OBO. And I've seen it work a ton of times where that person comes to my shit. I've even tagged like Trap Soul mm-hmm. and people like come to my shit and like Trap Soul mm-hmm. or like Bryson Tiller. You know what I mean? Like those key terms that you got to implement to your strategy. And then when it comes to social ads, bro, like, Take 20 bucks, take 20 bucks a week and spread that out through the entire week. I know it's 80 bucks a month, but you, but you put that, you put that into running Instagram ads, you're liable to come out with probably 10 new, 10 new purchases if you have a product or you're liable to come out with at least 50 new fans if you have a, you know, music, if you have music or if you have videos or something. 
You're liable to come out with these different things. And I think that's tangible and would encourage you to to go forth in what you're doing and your strategy. But yeah, you just got to know how to, you know, put that money and separate it for the things that you really want to do and what's important now. Mm -hmm. So that's how I go about that. Yeah. Um, I, but I still think we didn't um, answer like the operation um, or we, we did. But what I was getting to is like, I guess people feel like you got to have that money to get other people to buy into what you're doing. Like as far as like having a circle of people that you work with so that way you can bring certain things alive. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, because I'm sure we all are experiencing that or have had that experience and we kind of experience it now together with all three of us. Like how, do we, how can people go about finding other people to buy into the dream without paying them right now? Um, I think it requires a lot of you have to be consistent in just sharing your message mm. um, daily, weekly. Like set some goals for yourself in terms of how much you're going to share it, so you can you can spread it out in a consistent manner. Just doing like a blast, like like on a Monday, and then not speaking Tuesday through Friday is not as effective as spreading that out from Monday through Friday. Mm. Um, you'll get people more if you're consistent. That's the big thing. Mm -hmm. Consistency is the only way that anything works um, because you give people something to expect and the people that really care about your content is going to continue coming back to that same content. For sure. I like to do like experiments on the, like my Instagram and, and stuff like that and see like what, what, what works if I do this and I'm quiet for months, but then I add this here and I, I add this app here or I, I change what I do on the story here, does that bring up the views? Mm -hmm. Or does what 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 brings down the views? What what don't people like to watch or click on even? Mm. Um, because you they see a little small bubble and they have to choose from your name and that bubble whether your story is gonna be interesting enough for them to, to, to follow. So I've I've seen like what colors people tend to click on more and uh, mm -hmm. and, 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 and and things like that is really something that, that you have to pick up on no matter the industry that you're in. Like, what are people attaching themselves to? Okay, I need to do this more. Orange. Like, I, I need to do this more. So, like, so. how you're saying experiments, like, it's important to actually go on with some type of idea of, like, okay, I want to see what this actually does. Instead of just, like, throwing things all the time, mm -hmm. and then, like, you don't even know why something is doing well. Like, going with some type exactly. of idea, a hypothesis. Like, real, like, just make it a science in a way sometimes. Like, okay, if I try this, like, Maybe this will happen. Oh, I was wrong. Oh, I was right this time. Like, and then continue with it. See how right you are. Like, go into it with some type of purpose. Um, I think people can see that, and they'll be more likely to appreciate the consistency because at that point, like, you're a reliable person to get whatever they were looking for that worked for them that time, mm -hmm. um, and you work from there. It's a gateway. Yeah. I think that brings us into, you know, I think that brings a good segue into our next topic about failure. I think that with everything you guys were saying, it's, it's all about, you know, try, um, analyze, and then repeat, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that when you see if something fails or not, I, I think that a lot of us sometimes tend to get so discouraged. And I think that's why we'll go silent for months and not be consistent in what we're doing is because we we feel like we didn't get the instant gratification right then and there. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and failure and failure today hurts a lot of people more than it used to back in the day. 
it's really it's rare when you see people kind of grinding and going through the trenches um and just and just building and building and building and then getting torn back down and then you know what i'm gonna build and build again um a fine example of that is like with this clothing shit you can take i, I took when i put my logo on something i saw there were a, a group of people who really liked my logo being on a product and then there were a group of people who liked the statement that was embodied with that product with that logo I had to take a step back and I said, you know what? I got to scrap my logo off my product now. Why do I have to do that? It's because the market here in North Carolina, I've learned in the last three months of going on four months in this clothing shit, I've learned that there are two things that North Carolinians get behind. And this is exactly why a Tom Ford, a Zara, a Cost, which collection of style, um, any other like uh, a Dior, you're not going to find that in this market for a reason. It's because, or even a um, theory. You're not going to find a theory in this market because it's not as accessible. It's not as, it's, it's not as accessible. Louis is now. You, we could afford Louis. So you mean accessible from a cost perspective? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's not as accessible from a cost. Because, I mean, think about it, bro. Who, who here is going to go and spend 5000 on a bag? Shit, you would think at Dior. You would think that us working in a banking city, you you would, would get that. that. But a lot of people don't, especially if especially when you come with a uh, a brand that kind of speaks of a certain luxury, but it's a little different. It's not it's not the trendy looking luxury. You know what I mean? Like Dior, Tom Ford. Like that's that's like those are different levels. In theory, contemporary fashion. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of um, North Carolina boutiques. That you know, go into contemporary fashion, but it's it's not as um, it's not as pieced together or as inventive, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I had to I had to look at that, and I was like, I'm falling into the urban lane, and that's another market that I realized that North Carolinians are drawn to. It's got it's either urban, or it's either or it's either something that is familiar but still accessible. So how can I get a, or a statement? They'll fall like North Carolinians get behind, especially in the black or minority community. We love seeing a statement that is powerful on a product mm -hmm. and we will fall in line and pay the price for that because you want to know why I am buying this statement. Yeah. So that's why I said, all right, put the statement on the piece only. So that's that's the rebrand. That's, that's the next that's the next thing that's dropping. You will only see create, build, own, you'll see my, my logo on the, the neck tag, but that's a way that you start, to, you gotta analyze your market, you gotta fail in something to be able to take a step back, and that's the beauty of owning a business or starting something, bro, is you get to get into some shit, either fail or have some success at it, come back and, and analyze it, and then go back with something else to adjust to the climate. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been seeing with with some failures in this, and I'm so new to this space, but I'm telling you right now, I, that create, build, own shit, boy, if that's only if that's the only thing that's showing on the piece, that shit's gonna fly, bro. Mm -hmm. That shit's gonna fly so fast. I'm I'm probably gonna have a hard time keeping up because I've already had people like saying, "I love that statement." Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck where I see it at. I'm I'm buying it, but it's my name on something for this market. It's not the great market. If it was New York or L.A. or some shit, it'd be different. People are likely to more likely to follow a principle than a person. Yes. Um, so I think that's kind of what you're seeing there. I think when you're talking about understanding like 
like wow. why it failed. Um, you know a lot about the market. That's what I heard when I hear you talking about understanding why you feel, you know a lot about the market. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, I think a lot of people just get confused when they fail. Um, not really sure why it failed and it's hard to come up with the, the next iteration because of that. Um, so doing your research is, is probably just as important as going out and failing because you have to learn from your mistakes. Um, if you don't, you're just, you're just going to be floundering. You're going to be confused. Oh, you're going to be fucking getting pummeled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you got to realize, you got to realize your failure. Like, you got to realize that you you failed in a minute, in a minute. Like, you got to take it, like, for what it is instead of trying to make excuses for for what, oh, yeah. why it happened. The product's great. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like this, they just don't understand the quality. me. quality. Exactly. They don't, they don't understand People me. People don't care. Like, they don't understand my music. They don't understand this. I, no, no. Exactly. No, no. You, this was not something that people wanted to hear and you you attempted to charge people for this. So you have to take a step back and you have to actually give yourself an evaluation every time. And I'm speaking musically, but um, this is really for anything, but especially artists, because I think a lot of times they don't look at their failures at all. No. They're just no. like, oh, oh, it's just because I'm not in this position. If I was in this guy's position, or if I was, and I think that's a, that's a big thing of why you said you don't see that anymore, like people um, taking their failures in stride and keeping it going. Because yeah. you can see people succeeding that may be younger than you, that may be uh, in the same position that you think uh, as, as you, but you don't know what people have been through. You don't know their experiences that made them no, that person mm-hmm. to be able to get that in, in, in their life. Um, and you don't know what, what time you're on. Stop trying to rush your time. Yeah. Like, you need to just take everything in stride. And if you're taking everything in stride, you, you're paying attention to what's going on around you. You're learning. And that's what's that's what you're getting from failures. You're getting so much more than what you get from if you're winning and everything comes easy to you. And that no, that's real shit. And you want to know something too, man. I, and I think, this, and this can apply for anybody. If you if you want to see um, what failure really looks like, <laughs> go do what I used to do. <laughs> go go sell makeup on the streets and and get told no a thousand times in a day. And let's see, and take a look at how your self-esteem is after that. I guarantee you that you'll be able to get into your own bag and your own lane and really stick with that shit. Because me, I was doing this just to make money. And I had I had a why. I think that's another thing, too, is we don't focus on our why enough. Mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm in this music shit for the money. I mean, if that's your why, there's a way to make that progress you know a lot of people think you got to be famous to get the money nah bro just having this conversation um with 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 someone like one of the artists last night uh king ashley i was just having a conversation with her last night about how a lot of artists are afraid to move from spotify or apple they're willing to take that point zero 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 eight percent of money mm-hmm. right versus going to a platform like bandcamp where you can upload your music for free Without any contracts or any agreements to be to be seen, and you can literally slang your shit like it's a mixtape, and get that full dollar amount. Yeah, you might have to pay PayPal a little bit of change, but you're gonna get your you're gonna get at least eighty percent. I'd rather take eighty percent than point zero 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 eight percent. You're taking ninety nine point two something percent of my money, and I upload it on your platform. 
We're scared of that. I don't know why artists are scared to go and chase that dollar because you can get people on the wave. There's a way to get people accessible. There's a way to make it accessible to people. Look, link your shit like that link tree shit. I think you you got to go where the market is, and I think that's what you see. Like so, I'm not I'm not doing your I'm not doing due diligence as an artist or as as if I'm not putting my product in front of as many people as possible. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. So if you're only putting uploading on a, an obscure platform or a platform that has thousands of people, mm -hmm. maybe, and leaving out platforms that have millions of people, you're mm -hmm. you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. But if you're if you're if you know what you're doing, if you you can really for sure you can break that and you can make a lot of money that way. But you have to have a cult following. You have to nurture that following. You have to know how, exactly what they want and give that to them exactly every single time. My point. You're getting people to download an app that that they don't have on their phone. They have to go and search for it now mm -hmm. and download it to listen to your music. Mm -hmm. I think that's why. And and but I'm, I'm and I'm not talking to all every artist. I'm talking about the artists that say, "Oh, I, I mean, want to get paid." You got a following? Yes. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. You yo go 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 talk to your whole block, like talk to your whole neighborhoods. Like I think we I think we don't utilize like that enough. I think that a lot of people are too busy trying to get accept, at, be accessible by the world before they are accessible to their own local surroundings. Yeah, people. I mean, people, especially with music, are very protective of it. Mm -hmm. um, so if they're gonna come up to somebody and say, "Hey, I'm a rapper," like you don't even like. It's not easy just telling somebody you're a rapper. Maybe not, to, maybe not the same as it is today. Like, cause you can see like a bunch of rappers getting some type of money or something, and you can see a little bit more about the business side of it now. Mm -hmm. um, but before it was just like, okay, you're a rapper, or you make beats or something like that. Um, how is it going to turn into money? And if you don't have that kind of cachet, like uh, I have some like type of following already. It's kind of hard to get people to get off of whatever they're listening to already and come and listen to you unless you have a relationship with those people. Well, if you facts. don't have a relationship with those people, then you just kind of feel, it, it almost feel, it used to feel awkward. Mm. So I know that that probably still persists and why you're not seeing it in so much like local community sharing with people. How long did it take before we even told each other we made music? Shit, it took us about... Well, we had that conversation like January, I think. Yeah, yeah like January. Yeah, yeah we had a con and I was working at I was working at the office for about like at least probably three months in at that time. Yeah, yeah I was about five months in at that point. Yeah, yeah, and I, we should we found that out because we played ball together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it wouldn't have been something where I'd have just came over to your desk and told you. True. You know what I'm saying? True. Even if I had met you in the office like that. I told I told this nigga Vaughn in the garage in the parking garage. <laughs> That I made music, this nigga looked at me like I was weird. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Hey, Vaughn looked at me like, you know how like, like you know, you, you be at an event, you tell somebody like, yeah, you know, I, I, I do this and I do that. And they look at you like, word. I mean, thanks. Thanks for telling me. Nah, I mean, that's the, he looked at me like he was a real exec. There's a lot of bad <laughs> He looked like a real exec. If you're not, if you don't really already have that kind of reliability of like making something that people want, it's like you could be really bad and like I don't really have time to hear it. True, anyway. true. 
you got to bust out that Tory Lanez. You just got to start spitting bars and singing right then and there on the spot. Yeah. And then tell them to go check out your yeah, music. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, you, yeah, that's that's another thing, bro, that that isn't that isn't, you know, happening. And we we going to get out of here in a moment. I know Marcus got to, you know, catch a flight. Um, but yeah, it's just and we could continue the conversation a little later, but yeah, at the end of the day, man, it, you got to you got to find your niche. You got to get your shit out there in front of people and just and just be bold, bro. Like Yeah. Being ready for the moment is key. Oh my god. That was, yeah. was a show yesterday actually. Ah, <sighs> please be ready for the moment. Two rappers there, they needed another spitter. Neither one of them ready for the moment. Mm. One of them is me. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I try to tell I try to tell Marcus. I was like, cause when it was like, yo, we need another spitter to come fill in. I was like, Marcus, you're not gonna go serve bars? And he was like, nah, I'm here spectating. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you gonna spectate your ass on the stage ready for the moment. Just yeah, have it ready. Like, that was his moment too. At all times, because yeah. you never know when that opportunity is gonna come. Yeah, and that's when it really shows who's putting in the work. Yeah. Very when true. the opportunity arises, who rises to the occasion? Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah, people aren't lucky. They just prepare. Yeah, that's bro. That, we gonna talk about that on, on the next episode. Cause yeah, we gotta get. I gotta get Marcus out of here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Like I said. A, a lot of dope talent here in the Charlotte area. Um, I was like, I was impressed, speechless, mm-hmm. um, and and love being in those intimate um, environments. Like my wife was telling me, she was like, "I've never been. I've only been to one other place like that, and that was when I was in Denmark and or Berlin, whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, I was like, this is this is why I love that type of vibe. Like, it's not fake energy. It's it's straight to the point. Like people out, people gonna support you, man. Like." The creative, the creative side of the world is so loving, so supportive, yeah. mm-hmm. and and telling right now we getting we getting a lot of people to fuck out of here, like a lot of there are a lot of creatives that have the business mind too. There's a lot of replications of Nipsey Hustle, mm-hmm. and that's a conversation we can have another day too. But I just want to I just want to let the world know that there are a lot of replications of a Nipsey Hustle walking this earth, living in your neighborhood, at your job right now. Who probably gonna get you to? Who are probably gonna wow you when you see the shit that they do in the next few years? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those people walking out there, so be aware and connect with those people. Definitely. Um, any shout outs y'all want to give as we wrapping this up? Shout out Rock Kim. They free uh, ASAP. Oh, oh yeah, they did. I saw that. Yeah. On his way back. I didn't see that. Yeah, on his way back. Yo, is he gonna have another sperm story? Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Casanova was definitely not there. Casanova was definitely not in Sweden, so we, I hope not. I hope not. Oh my gosh! I if not. I hear another slipping in semen story from ASAP Rocky, boy, yeah, man. I'm gonna, to, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to hit him up in in a, in a fan chat or something. I don't know, bro. That was that was crazy. Any um, shoutouts, Marcus? Shout out to homie Monday Night. Put out the crazy album, Rather Vindictive. Check it out. Where's that? Um, Spotify. I think it's on YouTube too. Um, shit, anywhere. What's homie's name one more time? Monday night. Monday night, like that's Monday and then night spelled regularly. Yep. Is it all together? Um, two separate words. Okay, so like Monday night. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> and what's what's the name of album again? Rather vindictive. Rather vindictive. I'm gonna I'm tune into that. Um, yeah, man. So really glad that everybody was able to come out and talk. Uh, like I said, looking forward to what we do in the future. Um, continue this shit let's keep it going and we ain't stopping this bro not at all but thank you everyone for listening much love to y'all peace